the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, verses 37, 38, and 39. When a loud crowd Jesus breathed his last, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. We heard it with our own ears. He screamed. He had struggled on the cross for every breath. He pushed up on his feet that were nailed to the cross. He gimmicked with, from the pain, took a deep breath, and then slumped back down. We stood watch for hours. We were far enough away so we could run if we needed to. We knew how anyone related to a crucified prisoner could be grabbed and executed then and there. The Romans hated rebels. Besides, the Roman officer who presided at Jesus' crucifixion was standing right there. Mary Magdalene, like all of us, quietly wept. We women had walked with him as he set his face toward Jerusalem. We believed he was the Messiah, the promised one. When he saw disrespect of people who were ill, for children, for women, he never hesitated to speak out. We may not have been allowed in the temple or to read the scriptures, or to touch the holy of holies. But we were a part of God's family, the, the welcome guest of the royal table. At first, we rolled our eyes. We would never be seated at a place of honor at anyone's banquet. We would be lucky to be cooking in a shed behind the marble halls where guests laid back and were served fine wine, lamb, olives, and bread dripping with honey. But Jesus broke it down. We were all at the table of God. But now he was the lamb being slain. We briefly spoke but some wondered why he could not use his powers and bring himself down from the cross, scatter the soldiers, and walk away. But no, there he hung, breath after breath. Passers-by hurled insults, making sure the soldiers would not mistake them for supporters. Even the criminals hanging on crosses around him mocked him. He gave them no harsh retorts, just kept straining for breath 
and looked at people around him with those eyes of love. And then he died. He lurched up, screamed, and collapsed. It was heart-wrenching. I just longed to be there with him, touch his feet, speak of God's mansions where there are many rooms for all of us, as he had told us. But I was there clinging to my sisters and waiting, waiting, waiting. And then it was over. No angel had come to rescue him. The centurion soldier gazed upon him and the others who hung from their crosses fell silent. We stopped our sobbing and gazed at the limp body of Jesus. What was this energy that stopped everything with not a sound? We felt it. It was a wave that came over us. Was it a wave of grief? We were no longer crying. Was it an earthquake? We heard not a sound. Was it an army of angels coming in, flying in? We saw nothing but his dead body. The centurion knew of all the people. This company commander knew he broke the silence. Surely this man was the son of God. Was it a sort of confession of faith? I'm not very sure. But this Roman officer recognized my Jesus' true identity. The sun was setting, so the Sabbath was beginning. We walked quickly to the temple. We remember Jesus kept saying he could tear it down and rebuild it in just days. We arrived but were turned away. Don't go in. Something has happened. The veil covering the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom. No one touched it. It just ripped. There will be no sacrifice in the temple tonight. Take your doves and your perfect lambs and go. Light a candle at home and pray that this is a good sign and not a sign of something worse to come. How could it get any worse? Our beloved Jesus is gone. The temple is closed and we are alone. There is no hope. And yet, and yet, I remember the words of the centurion. Surely, this man was the son of God. So then why was he gone?